wait for it to totally bomb. That's a term for a short gay man. Once you go warthog, you never go back. And Warren Buffett showed up by himself with a ukulele. segment because we have our segment producer here what do you call it buckle up after hours yeah, buckle, for Patreon. Up. buckle off this would be buckle, this would be for buckle Patreon down. because we had a few questions we didn't get to um, oh, that's kind of cool yeah that's a cool thought, little actually. yeah i'll tell you what i thought when, yeah how are my levels how are my levels <laughs> when still, you said buckle up i was expecting i was expecting some heavy therapy type stuff where it's like a life in the arts Buckle up! Uh, I wasn't sure if that is. It's a little tongue in cheek. We're yeah. like, we're not really doing anything too intense here. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, but we wanted. Uh, yeah, we didn't really get. We kind of hit the the mark. We didn't really get to like the. Celebrity, had to pee. The celebrity talk. Yeah. yeah. More than that. Um, well, I, I, I you, we want to talk about some misconceptions about celebrities, and I also had some questions about from all the world class performers you've spoken to. Like, do you have any key takeaways of like? Here's kind of what they all have in common, and like if, if you want, if you could apply any any sort of discipline or characteristics mm. to like your own career or your own self. So part one misconceptions that people have about celebrities having had so much interaction with them on a professional level and in kind of a personal level, and part two just so we can uh, just like if there are any takeaways from like having spent time with all these world class performers, right? Are there is there anything to take for, for yourself from them? Misconceptions. Well, I'll answer part two first. I mean, the ta one thing you realize is celebrities, wh whatever the art form they work in, or if they're just famous for being famous, change the energy in a room. Mm -hmm. If George Clooney walked in here, or if whoever, you know, Anne Hathaway walked in here, or Jamie Foxx, whoever it is, the energy in the room would change and you would feel it. And when they left the room, one guest told me he felt like it's like, after you spend time with the Royals, you kind of feel like you need to floss. Where it's just like that energy just gets wet. It's total. They change the energy in the room. That's true. Wow. Um, that's interesting. I felt that. I, I and you find yourself never speaking weirdly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. find yourself speaking weirdly, and you the just the energy field changes, and you're like, I don't get it. They're just yeah. human beings, which right. is true. But some of them. Not to interrupt, we were at the Gary V Con conference and there was a couple of A-listers there, Pharrell, Logan Paul, and yeah. other people. Deepak and, Chopra. And, and <laughs> yes. And, but also when Snoop Dogg was coming, before he was in the room with us, yeah. you people were like, to I think it's everybody else changes. Yeah. yeah. It, it hits and a, they a, don't, but it's just like this whole like, there's something that happens where, where pe people just it's like a herd and it, it has to do with fame for yeah. sure it's I, mean, I think it's a part of the tribal thing where mm -hmm. you're like it like the alpha has become arrived. like canines like yeah our leader we all know this person he's here <laughs> yeah. Yeah. we all know but him. it's a fame we thing if, if you guys were on television millions of people have seen you for all these years and you came in flanked by all these people and you pulled up in an suv and there were cameras mm -hmm. It would just change the energy. But, but I think yeah. it, Michael, Michael's saying it's like it goes back to like a deep evolutionary part of our biology where when an alpha, someone who is of such status shows up, our attention is it's yeah. magnetic. We are, we, you know, we all just are drawn to it because there is something it, to be gained it, to be around a person. Of yeah, such status. It, it, it hits uh, for me, at least it hits a pretty ugly nerve in me where I'm like. I want to like throw people out of the way to get close to them. Like there's a it it, 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 it like uh, enacts something in me. Do you, right. I guess I, maybe you're around it so much you don't feel it anymore. Or, or I you don't, don't get that. Don't but if I'm to. in front of 
an athlete or in front of a an actor or a writer I admire, yeah, on the inside you turn into like a 10-year-old kid. Mm, yeah. What I'm often curious about is why we put professional pretenders on a pedestal of all the things. Right. Yeah. Why, if Matthew McConaughey walks into a room, we're like, whoa. Is it, and maybe it has to do with something primal too, which is that we value storytellers. Mm -hmm. That like if everything else in the world went to crap, these people would have a job because they'd get up on a rock and they would tell a story and we'd all be riveted. You know it's what a, I think of sometimes? In, in, in the 1800s, Brad Pitt's great-great-great-grandfather, there was someone who was the best-looking guy in the world working a shitty job with nothing to do because acting wasn't a thing. Like, there was someone who looked like Brad Pitt was, alive. But it was always a Who thing. was just coal mining. No, he was on stage no, he was, at the theater doing he, Shakespeare. No, but he wasn't. <laughs> in the not, not, in the, not in the American West. Like, I mean, so there, there was someone somewhere who, who was movie star handsome and charismatic <laughs> yeah. just working at a bar. Yeah, You right. know sure. what I'm saying? Because yes. there was no industry. But and there still is, by the way, who just never made that... Yeah, like Ami said, we just don't hear those stories because right, that person right. didn't make it. But maybe it's just the perception of status, because not just the professional uh, and professional pretenders, as you call yeah. them, politicians, anyone of high status, you can manufacture it. Like I've watched prank videos on YouTube of someone. I'm going to pretend to be somebody, and you just you you manufacture it. You get the car, you get the paparazzi, and they're all fake, and you're pranking like a crowd, and everyone just starts following it. But who, there's something. Who is it? There's who something is that particularly about entertainment because uh -huh. if Mark Zuckerberg. Walk down the street of New York City, or if you don't think that would get like a. That's more. It's the. I think it's the characters that they that we hold dear in our hearts. Also, when you see George Clooney, you think the character. The character. Yeah. I mean, I, for me, George Clooney doesn't really hit any mark, but Tom Hanks would. Mm -hmm. If right. I saw him, I'd be like, I love Forrest Gump. I love you. Teach me how to live. And you I guess with athletes, some of them literally they seem literally larger than life. Right. Like you meet an athlete and you're like, because well, they're so tall. Wow. Yeah, because <laughs> they're they're in amazing shape. And, right. You're like, oh my, you know. You know yeah, what? Because we're seeing their avatars on yeah. TV constantly, and it's funny when you see them in person, you're like, it's a glitch in your yeah. mind. This doesn't right. compute. They're you not supposed them. to have like I, sweat the way I see it. Like, it's crazy even seeing them what I call out in the wild. Like, mm -hmm. you see them at a coffee shop, you're like, whoa. I have a weird yeah. theory. Like, someone like, um, who who's played the president? Who's, who's someone who's played an American president? Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford. Harrison, Get off my Harrison plane. Ford, for for for, for a part of Harrison Ford's life, if you just chopped it up, he he basically was the president for for a twenty minute stretch. Right. So like when he walks into the room, I wonder if like he carries with him that energy of like I know what it's like for people to look at me like I'm the president of the United I guess, States. How was he as a president in that movie? He was excellent. Saved the damn day. Saved Yeah. Funny is that reminds Those damn me. Russians. When, we, when you Laurie was on the show, yeah. uh, I said to him, "You played House all these years." Do you retain your, and he did this movie Tomorrowland with Clooney uh -huh. and I said, did you guys ever talk shop? Because George Clooney, ER, oh, yeah. doctor, Dr. Ross, <laughs> you were Dr. Apparently you know, she House. just did lighter fluid and tried to fire kidneys on fire. She was suicidal. How did I know that? Because I saw a scar in her lower left tissue next to the belly button. Exactly. You channel my inner can, house. Can you channel that? Like, <laughs> did, you, did you and Clooney talk shop? And yeah. he said, I have a goldfish's memory. I retain things for however long and then it's just gone and Clooney had a, has a great memory when it comes to this stuff and we, he tried to talk shop and he said, there is nothing more devastating as a man than to look up and see George Clooney looking at you, looking into your eyes, wanting. You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> only a Brit, only a wanting. British guy can An Oxford educated. <laughs> really? Well, to uh, answer, I, there was a yeah. second part of the question, misconceptions. Yeah. Yeah. Into the, yeah. yeah, sorry. The second part of the question, Your Honor, misconceptions <laughs> was... Uh, this is an obvious one, is that that famous people have their lives together, which yeah. they absolutely don't. And uh, 
there's something which comes to mind, which is the interviewer, David Rubenstein, whose show's on Bloomberg. I don't know why I'm plugging his show, no free pub, but <laughs> he, interviewed, he interviewed a lot of leaders and he interviewed Oprah. And she said in all her, in her like decades interviewing people, one thing which stuck out was afterwards, whether it was someone new to the industry or someone who's been famous for a while. She said, Barack Obama, people will turn to her afterwards and say, was that okay? Mm-hmm. Was, was that I good? okay? Yeah. yeah. And even the biggest people with probably very healthy egos mm-hmm. want to know, did I, did you see me? Mm-hmm. Did I say anything that mattered? Am I worth anything to you? Oh. And so she said it started getting her to approach these interviews of in such a way where she was listening to them with the intention of you matter, your being here matters, the things you're saying matter to me because even the biggest people want to know like, was that okay? Which is, you wouldn't, I think you would think people are so self-assured, they're so smooth, but they're not. They often won't, was that all right? I don't know. Do you you think think Oprah said to your friend afterwards, was that okay? (laughs) Was she a guest on his show when she said this, divulged this? Yes, yes. Did 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 she say to him afterwards? No, because she's... No, she definitely didn't because she's Oprah. She's supernatural. Everyone needs assurances except for Oprah. Exactly. Oh, Oprah's next. She's just sort of a a ray of inspiration. And how do you deal with the starship? And then the other thing is, the other thing is like the first one that I ever, the first segment I ever produced at Colbert was the football player Brandon Marshall who started a mental mental health awareness Mm -hmm. nonprofit called Mm -hmm. Project 375. And I remember on the phone asking him, why do you think there's so much stigma around around mental health? And this was in 2016. And he's like, people are pushing all the wrong stuff. He's like, you go on social media. And again, by now, what I'm about to say is not by any means revolutionary, but it was interesting hearing it from this pro football player. He's like, people only put their good parts out there. They don't want to reveal that they have weaknesses. He's like, most people as famous as they are, as successful as they are, have plenty of bad days. They wake up, their breath smells terrible like everyone else. He said, I feel like we're selling people the wrong stuff. Mm -hmm. I was like, whoa. And this is the same guy who told me on the same call, football is my platform, not my purpose. I was like, football is not your purpose. You're like a star (laughs) receiver in the NFL. What else could be your purpose? And he's Mm -hmm. like, it's not. It's my microphone. My purpose is to raise awareness about mental health in the world. And I just thought, oh my God, this conversation was so much bigger than what I thought it would be. But when he said we're selling the wrong stuff, I think the perception is people, because they're famous, have their lives together, but they're not. They're figuring stuff out Mm. the same way everyone is. And that's, Mm -hmm. again, not an earth shattering reveal here Mm -hmm. that celebrities, in some ways they're not like us at all, but in other ways it's the same insecurities and all that. There's two points are like kind of opposing things here of the same coin. It's like on the one hand, they change the room. On the other hand, they're the same as us. And it's a funny thing Mm -hmm. to to figure out. And quickly, like how do you reconcile within yourself to maintain professionalism, the giddiness? Is it just like you could get used to it, exposure therapy? You're just like in it enough? No, it's the knowledge that I have to get to work and I have things to get done with them and I have priorities. So if there's that moment of, oh my God, I'm on the phone with Bruce Springsteen or Meryl Streep or Serena Williams or whatever, very quickly you think, I have 30 minutes here 
I have a lot of things to ask. We better dive in. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes it's it's so nice to meet you. I'm a huge fan of your work. I'm just going to dive right in. So I thought it would be fun if you and Steven, blah, blah, blah. What did you think of? Have you seen blah, blah? And then instantly you're in conversation with someone. And you. I almost think of it like you're sitting in a library with someone who has a project that's due in a few days mm-hmm. and let's collaborate together. And do you have anything you think would be fun? And I I can give my honest opinion and say, that's interesting. I think Steven might be interested in this, or I thought it would be really cool if if whatever. Are there any like um do's and don'ts for talking to super famous people? Like I like I, I was I was surprised where you said I'm a big fan. I, I would think you wouldn't say that to somebody. Well, sometimes you do, sometimes you don't, but yeah. I think a don't is I wouldn't say something negative about their project, it's like they've just birthed this child no. and you don't want to say your kid's really ugly or yikes, that's what <laughs> you just gave birth to. Maybe years later you could ask about something they learned from you don't an think, experience. You don't think it's a reveal like saying, oh, by the way, I'm like, a, they, there's like an eye roll, thank you. Like one, do you feel relieved by the idea that I don't you're immediately passed in their mind? Like you're not, you're there for a reason and it's, and it's work and it's professional. So therefore you're already on the side of the curtain that's nice in the sense that like when you're walking through the hallway with somebody escorting them through set or something like yeah. that, there's all these people who like want a picture, want a this, and you don't have to play that game. Right. And that's nice, right? I don't actually <laughs> don't think in my life I've ever on the phone said I'm a big fan. I might say, by the way, I have a lot of, not by the way, I'd say I have a lot of questions that I want to ask you. Before we get to them, I just want to say thank you so much for your work. It has provided me with so many laughs. Um, so before we get started, I just want to say you're the man. That Damn. sort of thing. Do you, ever, do you ever ask for selfies? Have you ever asked a celebrity People, for a Oh, photo? for sure. It's like a memento and you, yeah. you have to read the room. What's the proper way to ask for a selfie with, yeah. a, with an A-lister? Well, some people who are, I think are really savvy will, the celebrity will say, you know what, why don't we get a picture? Mm-hmm. And yeah. that to me seems like a whole nother level of kindness where they'll, they- But the celebrity will offer they, it. Because they sense, because they mm-hmm. can read the emotional energy yes. and they don't want to make you. And then of course to play cool, you'd be like, you know what? Not today. I don't. Uh, but what do you do if you you're seeing the person you want the memento? They're not doing that. The celebrity's not giving you that. What do you, what does somebody do that they don't want to come across as fanboy, fangirl, and like the eye roll or just like a favor? What's what's the move? What's the line? Do we know? If you're getting the energy that they don't want to take a picture, but you know it's worth getting it. <laughs> Most of the time, you I would say you don't ask for a picture. Other times, you could say, you know, I'm really sorry to bug you for this, but this has been such a great experience. It would be such a great memento to preserve this memory. If we could get a quick picture, do you think, would you mind? Right. Or, like, and they, <laughs> they'd be like, <laughs> oh, yeah. by the way, thank one you of, so much for being the, here. <laughs> I really, really had a good time. Yeah, yeah, one yeah, of, yeah, one of the, just, one of the, the, one of the cooler things about working for these shows is our office is above the N. Sullivan Theater. And so you'll be sitting at your desk and, like, let's say, uh, you know, let's say you guys were on the show that day and there's tons of paparazzi, which there are for big stars. Yeah. You'll be sitting at your desk just like, you know, checking email or reading an article or something. And all of a sudden you'll hear a swarm of people, Avi, Mike, Mike, Avi. And you're like, I guess the buckle up people have arrived. <laughs> you know, and it's just, and then like you'll get a text from an intern or like someone will be like, um, Michael and Ami have arrived. Oh, have they? Really? <laughs> Meryl, 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 quick, Meryl. One day, yeah. one day, Mike and I but, uh, uh Buckle up is on site. Buckle up, the helipad has dropped up. <laughs> Michael's hanging by his beard. Can someone untangle the beard? Can someone untangle the beard from the propellers, please? We have a propeller situation. It's so funny. And the aliases are great. Like there were, I think another mark of a big, big celebrity oh, is aliases. small entourages. Uh, Not always. As but opposed to big entourages? The, the, the 
big fish heavy hitters will show up with like a person or two. Uh, and then the sort of nouveau riche will show up with 19 people where it's just uh, like, yeah, you're nothing. <laughs> where, so like Tom, no, Tom Hanks will, will roll up solo and then like a publicist will show up right. like later. But he's just cool on his own being like, hey, guys, whatever. Or And then someone else, I remember Charlie Rose, this person asked for her car to be booked under an alias. And it's like, darling. <laughs> Nobody knows you by your actual name. And then Warren Buffett showed up by himself with a ukulele. <laughs> it's, you know, like. Why did he have a, he plays the he ukulele. He plays the ukulele. That's a term for a short gay man. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's, it's really like. <laughs> this is horrible. I'll give you. Jorge? <laughs> no, but like big entourages, sometimes a big, you know. <laughs> this is ukulele. I'll give you another little, a little thing you can pay attention to watching late yeah. night shows. The bigger the star, the longer it takes for the ass to hit the seat. When an academic comes out or a politician, <laughs> beeline to the chair, sit down like a little schoolboy or a yeah. schoolgirl. Uh, when wave. Jamie Foxx comes on, oh. four minutes and change before that ass hits the seat. He puts it down, he fake. He's like, what's up, guys? He says what's up to the band. He does, exactly. They're, they're dancing. They're taking in the audience, oh, the whole thing. I gotta ask they sit down and we're just like, we gotta rap. We're done, we're done. All right, I, final question. I got this. Yes. He says, we'll be right back. The lights go off. He turns to the guest. What are they talking about? Oh. When, when, the, when, when they cut to commercial and they're chatting, what are they chatting about? You've asked too many questions. <laughs> I cannot tell you. Okay. No, that, it's your basic kibbits. Yeah. It's your basic kibbits. You know, when we come back, we'll talk and ask you a little bit about uh, being sponsored by Dunkin' Donuts. It's just, uh, mm -hmm. or, you know, personal stuff yeah. that they wouldn't like, how, how's your wife and kids? Or, you know. And it's still live when the commercials go, just we're not watching, but like the audience is there. So there's in between stuff like for the audience, or, or, right? The band's playing. The oh. band is playing and, yeah. and, uh, and they like zoom out. You're talking about and, this. And, I'll yeah, tell you a secret about our show, which yeah. is uh, we tape it as in one fell swoop and those breaks are artificial. We'll tape the whole conversation right. and then afterwards, there'll be a. We have to take a quick break and then we splice them in afterwards. Other hosts, I think, divide it up where they'll know X, you know, we would have taped the first 10 minutes of the show and it's like, we have to take a quick break, but we'll be right back. Steven thinks that that breaks up the flow of conversation. And last geeky question, does the segment producer prep the cards? Yeah, yeah, that's that's, that's, that's the outline that I write, yeah. for sure. Oh. And, um, and that's, I go into his office and I present it to him in the middle of the day. Mm -hmm. He tweaks it, makes it smarter, funnier. Punches it up. Punches it up. Yeah. I fix it up. Mm -hmm. I bring it back to him. Then when the guest arrives, I run through it with you guys in the green room and be like, this is one area. Remember you told me this great story on the phone. You're kind of priming them for mm -hmm. their appearance. Sometimes you'll be able to update the card then. Let's say something happened that... Ha breaking news and you right. want to ask them you know tony sirico just died are you i'm just curious are you guys big sopranos fans mm -hmm. and if there's a lot there then i'm at the desk with colbert during the commercial break before you guys come out and i could say i just was in the green room once you say hi nice to meet you why don't you just go i understand you guys are big tony sirico fans they have this amazing story of actually getting tony sirico on the podcast mm -hmm. at a bar in new jersey you know so that's your chance for almost like last minute stuff or you can cross things off the list. So when I, when Garth Brooks was on the show, we talked about what it's like being a liberal in a pretty conservative country music scene. Mm -hmm. And he had interesting things to say and was quite comfortable talking about it on the phone. Mm -hmm. And then when 
we got to the green room and we're running through the topics. He goes, yeah, you know, I'd rather stay away from that area. Hmm. So I didn't. He's like, you know what? I got friends in low places. <laughs> so, I, so we crossed it out. And at the desk, I said to Colbert, you could ask him about this. He seemed a little less interested in talking about it. And so he steered away from it. And then. Uh, said, Thank you, Neil. Right. No, so. <laughs> I picture but, him doing that a lot. Thank you, Neil. <laughs> you know, he's, no, he's, oh, he's, he's the best. He's great. I once, I once left my phone. <laughs> you know, I was sitting in his office and I guess my phone slipped out of my pocket. Mm-hmm. And the rest of the day, I can't find my phone. Mm-hmm. I thought, I don't know, maybe it's in his office. So I go to his assistant's office and I was like, did I have to leave my phone in Stephen's office? Mm-hmm. And she goes, yeah, here it is. He, he has a message for you. And I was like, what? And like, I checked my notes. I like, I checked my email, my text. Like, I don't quite, didn't quite understand what she was talking about, but there are other things I had to do. And so I go about my day and then... Um, I'm waiting in this backstage area before I'm going to go out to the desk to do that final briefing on the guest. And I check my photos and he had left me a video, just a close up on his face on my phone, which just said, you leave it again. I'm keeping it. And I started <laughs> laughing. And then I get to the desk and I'm getting ready to run That's through the material with him. And the first thing he says is, did you get my video? I was like, oh my God, I just saw it like... 15 minutes ago, I watched it seven times already. It was great. So, um, yeah, he's... All right, we're going to air that on the episode. We're Wait, gonna can, I, can I ask two more questions? Yes. Yeah. Very yeah. quick. Um, does he get a new suit every night? No. Does he get to keep the suits he wears? That's a good question. I don't know. I don't know. Stylist? I, we have a stylist who, at the show who, who suggests Last outfits question. for him. Is, is he a secret Muslim? Who are we sponsored by on this show, by the way? Who's the... Uh, What's that? Who, who is the... Great value. Charlie Rose was Turning Point USA, Daily Wire Plus. (laughs) The following is brought to you by Untuck It. I noticed that some of your episodes, everyone was wearing hats. I was like, do I need to wear a hat? I was like, (laughs) one of your guests had a beanie. Jeremy had the hat. I was like, do I need headwear for this show? No, that had hair. Yeah, beautiful. Just beautiful. Show it off. All right, that's the end of the bonus segment. I'm glad we did that because that was fun. Yeah, that was fun. It was fun. Um, Wait, I have a question for you guys if you don't mind my asking. Sure. You've been doing this podcast for a couple months now? How long? Uh, This this is the 36th episode. We've been doing it about once a week, so. 36 weeks? And were you guys doing... (laughs) We started uh, September. Were you guys doing podcasts before you did this podcast together? No. 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 And so how is this experience compared to what you had envisioned? The rapport we, is very smooth. We had we had a we had a, a fight a couple of weeks ago. Not a fight, but we had a we had Relax. a relax. It wasn't a fight. No, 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 not a fight. But um, we we. I told you not to fucking bring it up. <laughs> <laughs> no, we had I to. Think... Oh, go, go ahead. First. Go ahead. Me? Yeah. Um, I I'm I'm pretty happy with it. I'm pretty I'm pretty proud of it, in the sense that it's. Uh, yeah, we don't prepare too much, but it seems to it seems to reflect our natural rapport pretty well. Which I thought, it's not without its hiccups. We had to work on a little bit of like the interrupting factor, and natural conversation does work, but in a, you have to be a little conscious of letting people's sentences finish. So it had its things to smooth out, but I've been pretty happy with how fluid and natural and fun it feels to do. Yeah, I'm a little. I listen to a ton of podcasts, and I've been listening for like a very long time. So I'm like pretty. Um, I'm pretty like serious about like the quality of the podcast. So like I think I think we still have a long way to go until we're like until like like you said, like the quality is like where I like envisioned it. Like where we're like a little bit more focused on like what this podcast is for and all that. Um 
but it's been it's been fun and it's been a, it's been like an, an amazing creative practice and exercise to put one of these out once a week. And what would you? Sorry, you were about to say something. No, go ahead. That, that what would that. you say are the different angles at which you guys each come at an interview? Because um, you I, said we complement each other nicely. I think, I think so. Yeah, what no, I think that? so. I I, th- I think we're especially good with guests. Mm-hmm. I especially enjoy have enjoyed the guests so far. Mm-hmm. Um, that's been more recent where we've had consistent. You're like our third guest in a row, and that's been fun. Yeah. For a while, it was just us, which was. I'm most happy with the fact that I that we're doing it and yeah. it's not theoretical. That's the most important fundamental right. thing to me. I it, forget how good it is, how good it can get. We have a podcast. Exactly. It exists. Yeah. It's not that many people following yet. I'm trying to feed from other places where I have some following to get over here, but it's taking its time and I'm being very patient with it. But as long as I'm seeing clips circulating things happening, activity, I'm set. I'm, I, that meets a threshold for me of, wow, I have a podcast. Well, because you're doing what that music teacher of yours said which is just right was right. it so it's shit right now i yeah. get it Neil. it's not no but I'm, I'm happy like that is enough for me right now the fact that it exists and it's a great outlet for you know the practice of conversation the practice of interview um i am surprised with how, how little we prepare and how smooth certain episodes go it's seemingly because yeah. we don't really prepare so there's an organic the organic thing is not like is not something pulled over your head we just actually sit down and have conversations. Yeah, I, think, I don't know I think how I we do probably that. prepare mentally more. I think I come in with a couple of topics. Like I came in with a couple of areas I wanted to ask you about. I could tell you read those biographies of me. There are many, <laughs> and Weber just really I like the unauthorized ones. The best. <laughs> those are really good. Yeah. What's been the hardest part? Because there's always that stuff where you're like, this seemed easier when I was watching it, but doing it's, it is very difficult. Because you're both good, I will say, at what is a host in some regards, a traffic cop, where mm-hmm. you're like, wait, wait, wait. Come on in, you, you, and you guys are both good at driving and mm-hmm. sharing the steering wheel. Yeah, I think that comes naturally. The hardest, the hardest part, I think it's like what Ira Glass talks about this sometimes, where like you're when you're just starting out, you know you have a voice and you know you can contribute something, and then you actually make the thing, and you're like, this isn't, this isn't a masterpiece. Like like we're putting it out, and it's 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 like I'm like we're putting it out, and I'm really glad it's out there and people like it, but it's not it's not like the thing yet that I think like. I've, I like expect it to be. So I think it's hard to have something out there where like my friends listen and they're like, I'm interrupt, you interrupt. What is this thing even like? How come you're asking these questions all over the place? And I'm like, we're figuring out. Like, I, I don't, I don't. Everyone stand I talk to says I'm hilarious. What's, I was going to say, what's the most constructive piece of criticism you've gotten? Or is it just like, this is great. The most constructive piece I've gotten is from Michael himself, which is like, there's two, we need to figure out like, you know, how to split the balance between it being loose and conversational with also having some structure and not being too interrupty. That's com- you know, we'll, we'll but not even, that, yeah. <laughs> 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 not even that. I would say for me, the hardest part to answer that question is bec- thankfully it's not my first rodeo. You know, I've started, I've been in several bands and you know, I'm still in, am in one and know the process of being patient as things take time and putting in the time and developing the craft before seeing a reaction from people and doing content of on my own of comedy stuff online. Like I didn't have my first video that did well to like this 70th or hundredth video, you know, like I know that process, but it becomes hard to assess the signals of people reacting to it. Should you do this? Should you do that? Or should you just continue? Is it a matter of time and right. consistency, doing the reps, and then you're going to be in shape? Because you know when you're working out, you're like, I'm not seeing results yet. I'm not seeing results yet. Mm. So maybe you're doing the wrong workout, or maybe you haven't just you, you just haven't worked out enough. So that's always hard to know. Like, could you be doing more to build and get more reach? 
is it the quality? You know, like, and you can make yourself crazy with that. Right. And I think the only thing you can really do is keep going because as you keep going, quality will inevitably improve because you're doing it more. So all those questions get answered. Yeah. Where the more you do it, so there's always a question for any artist or any creative endeavor, like, uh, you know, you know, it's like, you know, do a thousand ways of doing the same thing. You're crazy as, an, as a scientist. If you do the same thing over and over again, you get the same result. Yeah. Maybe you have to change something. Or no, maybe you have to keep doing it. And the thousand and first time, yeah. you'll yeah. discover yeah. I, I what it is. I think at episode 100, we'll have a better idea of like, okay, we have to either like adapt this thing and adjust it. Or like, we're heading in the right direction. Just keep going. But like, we've only done... 36, you know? Mm -hmm. And sure. it's also like, production. Just element out. of Lighting, cleaning. cameras. That's the, the next obvious thing is like, we didn't want to go all in right away without knowing what we were doing. So you want to build the foundation first and then it's like the gradual improvements of better camera, better lighting, better set. There's a blank blue wall behind you that yeah. drives us crazy. Right. Things like that. Like I, how to elevate it and add like spices to it to flavor it. And yeah. also with this stuff like um, changing the YouTube thumbnail doesn't mean it's a bad episode. It means the YouTube thumbnail isn't good. Mm -hmm. You know, like little things like like that's also an area where like you don't quite know. When you say the thumbnail, you mean like the, graphic. the little box that you see that you click on. Gotcha. Like, yeah. like um, an episode could be great and no one listens because like we didn't design it right, and mm -hmm. it could be mediocre and we get ten times the amount of listens. Are more people listening or watching, or can you only watch on YouTube? Well, you watch, watch on YouTube on Spotify and Spotify too. And Spotify. Um, I I don't where people are consuming more, it. Michael knows the metrics uh, a little bit more. More people listen then watch the full episode but really really what this is like uh, objectively is we make reels and tiktoks from that from the hour and a half we'll cut it up into minute long things. i'm gonna be on tiktok yeah oh yeah wow <laughs> wow tiktok is my fa i think yeah. it's the most can you fun say ni hao? <laughs> I your can't. information is going to china tiktok is the most tiktok is by far i think the most fun oh, yeah, of social man. media yeah, yeah, yeah. Love it. Yeah. twitter TikTok hates us twitter is so People are so angry at each yeah. other. Instagram is very, yeah. Instagram is very aspirational. I do Twitter again. Yeah. You do this all it's the time. Not worth it. It's not worth it's, it. You're gonna have a booty call and you go back to it. Oh, <laughs> yeah, it's like, sure his, like well. his ex that he keeps hooking up with his Twitter. My TikTok experience again. I'm in the continuing in the tradition today of dropping unfashionable names, but Will Smith's TikTok, fantastically fun. Oh, it is so much fun. The slapping is amazing. <laughs> but that anyway. would be amazing if you just did uh, like the next hundred videos with him slapping just things. Slapping. Wait, if thing. I'm if I'm here, I have to ask you. I know nothing, virtually nothing, about Gary V. Mm. Who is he? Why do people quote him so much? Here's and how <laughs> and how did you get involved with the man and become? The world's number one Gary V impersonator. I, Don't say number two. I love face. the segment that he that he's producing on Which the fly one? right now. That Neil's producing on the. Fly. No, I'm serious. I know no, people are oh, like, oh, no, have you old, read Gary V? Well, and then we will get into Tim Ferriss and all these people sure, who I don't know Gary enough about. Gary V is not one of the first, but an internet superstar who has had several different uh, careers over the years. Where uh, he started um, in the wine business, actually working in his family's wine. Uh, uh, store. He's a New Jersey guy. He's a New he? Jersey guy, immigrant from Belarus, Jewish. Jets fan. And he was the first person to really take like YouTube and Twitter and these uh, social media platforms very seriously as ways to grow and scale business. So, so he was a marketer? Yeah, he used like, he created a show called Wine Library. This is early days, way back in the day, to, to start making content to help grow his father's wine business from like a $3 million business to a $60 million business. He owned he grew the wine that. business. He, owned, he was a part owner of the wine business. Oh, it was his no, family his, father, his family, family owned. Family yeah, owned. Yeah, yeah. After he grew, grew his family's business, he went on 
to take some of the money he made from that. And I think he was an early investor in like Facebook and Twitter oh, wow. and those kinds of things. So he was successful at that and predicted those trends as being very relevant. So he's had a very good track record at predicting like when, when a lot of people like traditional ad space where it's like this stuff is not like Twitter is nonsense and YouTube is cat videos. So he was early to that. Did he and invest he started, enough in those things to make a fortune I think from he did, Facebook and Twitter? I think and all so. Those? I don't know the, his economics as not, well. Not billions, but I think tens of millions of dollars. I, oh, I, I don't even know him, the actual yeah. numbers. But then he started <laughs> VaynerX. He started VaynerMedia, which is like an ad agency. Yeah. So he runs an ad agency. And out of all of his experience with those success, with that success, he started making a lot of online content in which he gives advice about how to grow business and use these social media platforms. Gotcha. A lot of just like free advice, hustle culture, win, losers, a, a positive, like a lot of that like early days, like stop fucking complaining and, you know, do that. Do it, yeah, yeah. Right? And then he did a lot of keynote stuff on that circuit, going to like marketing conferences and saying everything that guy just said is bullshit and he had you know and oh, talk, wow because like there were all legacy players and he was like doing it this a different new. way and he would go on twitter and dm tons of clients and respond to everybody and grew his twitter following so he's grown on all these platforms and now he gives away a lot of that advice for free and he's got a big personality so i saw that as an opportunity and it wasn't like my intention like i'm gonna be the gary v impersonator on tiktok i just did one impression or two videos or something like that when and and that was those were like my first early. You did viral. that when? Um, February of twenty twenty. February of twenty twenty. Yeah, I posted like a TikTok. After. And did you tweet at him? Did to show? How did it make its way to him? Because TikTok has an amazing algorithm that allows even the most obscure and unknown people to go viral organically. If a video does well organically, it just explodes. And he's become so ubiquitous far. online over the years. I did this video on TikTok. Um, like I just post, I had been posting, I decided in 2020 is like my resolution. Like I'm going to like start using TikTok properly as my one social media place where I'll like be consistent. Let's see how that works. Consistency. Started posting just some music bits, some impression bits, some comedy. And then one day I'm sitting in my car and I post, I'm just so sick of fucking 24 year olds complaining that they're not killing it. Right? Like if you want to win, fucking move to Louisiana and start a fucking peanut butter brand. Right? Like peanut butter. That video went viral. What we, when we say viral, what are we talking? In the millions of views. But within wow. a few days, it, it got to like 500,000 views and was shared by Barstool Sports oh, on Instagram. Oh, forget it, yeah. Barstool Sports, who I didn't even really know. Somebody reached out on TikTok says, are you the owner of this video? Can you give it with us? We'd like to feature it on our page. And they wrote, this guy is literally Gary V. He commented on that video. Gary Bar V did? Cause yeah, because Barstool has that reach and yeah, got yeah, to him. Yeah, of course. Wow, but then wow. it was like two years later that I was on the main stage at VCon next to Gary V. There was, and I, I and what's the quick story of how that came about? Because somebody reached out to me from Fuck Jerry, which is another like big yeah. Instagram account. They were like, have some advice for you. Or someone who used to work at Fuck Jerry was like, I have some advice for you if you want it. And I said, sure. It's like, the Gary V shit's hilarious, dude. Lean into it. Because I was ready to be like, oh, one went viral here. Let me show you what else I can. I was ready to do a bunch of other things. Got it. Go off, deep rather but than. But I, I played my hit song and did tons of Gary V stuff and it, it kept resonating. And then I did other things too. And I was able to grow an audience on TikTok to like. And, and ultimately, you hear from Gary Vee or someone at his show, at his it's, team. It's like a gradual thing. I start tagging his team and tagging all the people around him in my videos and him himself. And every once in a while, he'll drop a comment. Ha, ha, ha. This is hilarious. He'll do it and react to a video. Then someone from his team DMs about potentially collabing. And then the VCon conference gets announced. So then I start talking to other members of his team and coordinators. And we eventually make it all happen. And so the first time you spoke in person to... Or on the phone with Michael. You don't use that. Gar <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I'm just curious yeah. about it. Yes, Gary V was at VCon. The first time we met in person was at VCon. Yeah, and meeting him in person. We DM'd once before meeting the, him. He dropped the DM like, "So proud of you, brother." Hugs and kisses, something like that. And meeting XOXO. Meeting him <laughs> in person. Hugs and kisses. Did yes. you get any good 
new hooks or make any tweaks to your impression because you thought, wow, now that I see him in person, this is kind of different. So it's funny what you said about celebrity and how they change the room and stuff. Gary is the one guy, I think he's so exposed on social media and so out there front and center. He really wasn't all that different. Wasn't that in different? Person. Yeah. And, and in a good way, it wasn't like he's over the top, but it didn't feel, it felt like I knew him. I was like, hey, Gary. And maybe because I was really supposed to be there and I was on the right side. I wasn't an attendee at the conference. I was right. Part of the you were conference. there for a reason. So I felt like we were collaborating, which we were. I didn't have the whole, like, I mean, it was a big deal, but I wasn't, I, he really felt, it felt, I felt appropriately. And blessed. what was the first, what was the first, what was that initial interaction? The, the first reaction was a real, I'll let Michael finish the on. <laughs> <laughs> the first reaction, Michael wasn't there yet. Michael came with me. Weber, how many yeah. times have you heard these stories? I was, I was there. Oh, you were there? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. He got me uh, a backstage pass. That's my con. producer. Oh, you uh, you got to listen to the episode where we go through the whole story. Yeah, we have a, oh, wow. there's a whole yeah, episode yeah. on po- recapping. Wait, you guys have a podcast? <laughs> <laughs> so, keep, so you get to get... I get that, and he's in a Is big he big flanked big. by so I'm, I'm, it's personnel? A, the, what my big reveal the next day opening the ceremony, opening the conference was a surprise. Like, no one had to know. But when I got to VCon, even just like this... I was getting recognized, and I was trying to just keep a low profile. Cause I oh, wow. Away. I'm like, yeah, I'm just hearing. I wasn't doing the impression. But at the big meet and greet, when everyone's got, there's all these people like trying to like get pictures when he first shows up. There's a big like meet-up, meet-and-greet party, and I'm documenting the whole thing. I have a videographer with me, and I see him. Shlomo, there. right? Yeah. yeah. And I see him in the corner like doing his thing, and then he starts like walking, and he's got an, he changes the energy. You know, There's like a pool around him of people. They're all moving a certain way, so people are like following. But we exchange eye contact as he passes by, and he goes... Can't wait, can't wait, can't wait. <laughs> and that was the first experience we caught him on camera. It was really cool because because we hadn't said a word, nothing, but he knew who I was. And there was just a moment he was just like, he's like, okay, we're going this way. Can't wait. Very cool. And then the next day in the green room, like we had to like prep what we were gonna do and stuff, and we got to know each other and took pictures. And like this, okay. he rented. There's a football stadium rented out for him. It's where it's was called VCon? VCon at the at Viking Stadium, what, Minneapolis. Stadium, oh, Minneapolis, where the wow. Vikings play. Yeah. So it's like he is like truly the center. It was he's he is the center of the universe in that place. Wait, he filled up. No, he didn't fill no, up. No, not <laughs> filled up. It, they just rented it. As it, a, it, it was like a, a convention center. But there were thousands center. of people? Yeah. Hundreds of Like 10,000, I think. Wow, yeah, that's a yeah. lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. 10,000? Maybe. That's what they announced. I don't right. think they quite got there. He's the center of the universe and I'm his moon. And now yeah, that, no, now that Gary V... <laughs> you freaking v, creep. <laughs> you, uh, you've met Gary V through this impersonation. Can you just identify people you want to meet and be like, I should start doing a Clooney. Yeah, and I think Jordan Peterson's my next victim. I think I'll open one of his tours. We'll see. Manifesting it now. Ha ha! Well, you know, it's like we'll see. You know, I manifested into the world. It's the best one. Because you can probably <laughs> you can probably start doing impersonations of someone eventually yeah. because the quality of your impressions, mm-hmm. it will get to that person. Right. And if they're tickled by it. Yeah. It's happening. There's things, there's other new new developments coming of some other people, but I can't talk about it yet because it's not real yet, but we'll see. Do you know the Denzel guy who does Denzel exclusively? Yes. He is awesome. We're in he's, touch. He's, you think Instagram. he's ever met Denzel? You mean the guy who's just like, okay, on TikTok? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, yeah. A, he's like a big dude <laughs> yeah, with yeah. the braids, yeah. yeah. Has he's he just met like, Denzel? I don't know if he's met Denzel. Maybe, I think he's maybe posted a picture or something. These guys yeah. seek them out sometimes, but I do know him. We, we're in like a group on Instagram of Instagram impressions. That's so funny. Last question about yeah. Gary V. Hmm. Serious question. He's for the best both, impressionist of Denzel. For both of you. Okay. Be, because Gary V's giving people all this advice, which I imagine a lot of them are incorporating, mm-hmm. whether it's advice he gave you or just things you've gleaned from watching his talks, mm-hmm. have you guys integrated any of Gary V's beliefs or practices into what you're doing here 
Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm less, I'm definitely more skeptical of that whole thing. I'm less into it than Ami is. But, but yes, for sure. The, the fact that I, we post consistently. Yeah, the consistency is the whole thing. And like, um, sort That's of. That's like, one of his things, just be out there. His whole thing is stop complaining and do this try shit over and over again and mm. see what sticks and see what yeah. works and be consistent. Granted, there's, there's stuff to make fun of, which I do, where it's like, his answers are very simplistic sometimes, but sometimes the simple answer is the true one. It's just the hardest one for people to, but what do I do? And the answer is like, there's no clear path. It's a windy path. You know this. You have to try things and you have to be proactive. And that's basically what he's saying. And sometimes he try, he minimize, minimi like someone will, you could joke about it. Like, yeah, but Gary, you know, I don't have any internet. That's okay. Write letters. It's like, what? <laughs> you know, you can make jokes about it, but at the end of the day, the answer is the answer you don't want to hear. Right. Yeah. Put in the hard work. Right. Right. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. 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 Like, how, how do you make a great podcast? Make a thousand episodes, and by the thousands, it'll probably be a lot better Get than better, it was yeah. at the first one. Well, what's know? nice about what you guys have, which isn't true about everyone, is you have this great studio, mm -hmm. and you have things set up in such a way that you can plug people in mm -hmm. and churn out work. A lot of times, you'll see people put a lot of time and energy into something, do one, yeah, mm -hmm. and then you're like. Where's the second? It's been a while. Yeah, because it's yeah. tough to replicate. Well, doing yes. doing it with a partner for me at least is huge because um, accountability accountability is really big. Accountability and, like, and that's work, also and very working fun. with someone who takes it seriously, like um, yeah, Michael tried yeah. to bow out like so many. Times. No, I know. But I probably <laughs> Michael's I, like, I, I just love the yeah. coffee. Yeah. <laughs> also, to disrupt your bit, your everyone has a pattern of how they do things and then not do things. So you disrupt that by working with someone else. It's like. On a day that maybe we don't want to do an episode or something, one person will say, now nah, we should because whatever. And we were very committed, especially to doing like the first 20, no matter what yeah. else was going on. Put in the first, because yeah, like, the second you push one off, when, when we tried this the first time, we tried to do one episode, then we pushed off the second one. We'll do it the next week. And I'm like, Michael, I'm just telling you right now, we're going to push off the second episode. The podcast is not going to happen. Yeah, and it didn't. Right. It had to, and we, I wasn't living, living uh, in New Jersey yet, but like, we knew, and we both knew. We're like, no, nah, but let's, let's let's try to not let that happen. Yeah. But it's like, you know, the, the how many things you have to do something a certain amount of times before it becomes habit. Yeah. So we were very committed to it becoming habit. So right. now we can reschedule an episode or whatever, and it still feels like easier to get back. It's up. habit. And, and yeah. our yeah. family, they kind of they hold us accountable too because they're like. Like we know you're doing this thing. Like mm -hmm. you can't just stop now. Like, right. Well, we're gonna ask you about it. Gotta give the people what they want. <laughs> yeah. But it's good to have the person you're yeah. working with to either challenge or validate what you're doing. Yeah. And it's very difficult yeah. to get out of your when you're immersed in something mm -hmm. to have that objectivity where you're like, this structure of this doesn't make sense. Or what if you did it a different way? It yeah. wouldn't come to you. Listen, when you pick up a guitar for your first few lessons, it is physically painful to do. Like any new venture, like the beginnings of something, the first few episodes, the first few tries, like hurts in so many ways. You know it's not going to be your best work. You have to start by not being very good at all at something. That's a Jordan Peterson line. I can't. <laughs> in order to... <laughs> in order. You have to start by not not being very good at all. You know, it's very unpleasant. You know, but that is true. Like, you you see the guitar. You see... <laughs> by the way, you got to manipulate your heels here with that Jordan Peterson. <laughs> you, you see somebody playing, you're like, I want that. Yeah. Then you pick it up. Holy shit. I, didn't, I don't even know what I don't know. And it physically hurts to make this chord. Yeah. I'll never be able to do it. And that's a long time to get to, to push through of unpleasantness to get back to when it feels like actually satisfying. So it's the same with everything. The first podcast is going to make you cringe. And then the second one slightly less and slightly less and slightly less, you know, right. Like the first and, workout and is hard. The 30th, not as hard. And right. the, yeah, the workflow, like it used to take us hours to set up and mm. hours to cut the reels and the TikToks and everything. And it's like pretty, I could do, you know, it used to take mm. me like two and a half hours to do a, a reel. Mm. I could do it in like 
you know, half an hour now. Mm-hmm. I need to. Every yeah, the automation. It's like you're yeah. doing all these things you don't even realize. And I knew that just only out. really because I had done a lot of Instagramming and TikToking beforehand. I don't know if it would have made it through that threshold if I didn't have the foresight because I was like, I'm, trust me, I know how, I, like the headache, I know how this feels. Like where to put, you know, it's like this is also on the heels of that, of having done that. So I was able to like, you know, here's what we set up. Yeah. Here's where, the, where, you know, I've learned from those mistakes. Yeah. You know? well, mostly what the most, the, the best part of all of it is I'm learning about this new world of like the Tim Dillon, Andrew Saltz, like new media thing. Like creator economy. Like people, there are, a, most people now think of a podcast as a a, t- a clip on TikTok. They're like, "Do you watch Rogan?" Yeah, I watch Rogan. Like they don't; they just watch TikToks of Rogan. But mm-hmm. like, like, pe- like people think of our podcast as these minute long clips that they watch on Instagram. Wow, wh- which is fine. Mm-hmm. That's like you know you don't have to listen to the whole hour and a half if you don't want to. But like, but if you're one inch closer to the world of podcasts, you know there's a whole wealth of full episodes. It's just that the way to market your podcast is to make smaller versions, yeah. of right? Podcast. No, you know, to, y- y- to yes, yes, but 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 that is also the whole entire thing to somebody. It, it doesn't just need to be a marketing tool. Like we 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 create reels. That's what we do. Yeah, but like the Patreon, the creator economy is held up by full form podcasts. A lot of them. Yeah. That are, you know what I mean? Those are still the hub. You're not like forming a Patreon so people can watch little short clips of you. I mean, you're you have this umbrella. The clips are like your commercials, and, and right? That's what you put out into the world. Fair These are samplers right, before right, people right, get on board. Like here are the free tasters yeah, of what we're yeah. about. But I I've, I've learned a lot about this whole new ecosystem which is exciting and cool. Yeah, the creator um, and I could apply it to other stuff. The creator also, I think economy. we have a part 2 podcast. Yeah. I'm not even joking. This was like 40 minutes. We have content. Yeah. By the way, a word content. that I loathe. Content. Yeah. You should listen to our up. podcast. I think you'd like I it. Love <laughs> content. Just imagine, you know, this reminded me when you guys were putting your fingers together. I was like, imagine if, you know, Michelangelo painted the Sistine Chapel and he shows them and they're like, Mike, this is good content. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> uh, uh, imagine if like Beethoven like composes for Elise and it's like, this is really good content. It's just so <laughs> gross That's to me. Good but stand up. Do you know you what I mean? said about Michelangelo's content? It's good content. It's just content <laughs> because it's just, I understand. When people say they're consuming content, yeah. it makes it feel like, I don't know, cars in search of fuel or something, yeah. or just, it's that so. Is what it is. It's an addiction. It's, there's, the but art you know, is completely wrung it's out just of it. It's language. I mean, for, it, it is just it language. It is just language, totally. And I, I use people it all don't want the to time. People call artists because it's cringy. So but they say I'm a content creator. Yeah. Oh God. Uh, but whole, video that's creator. That's a whole what about the word yeah. creator? Creator. I think too much of like Adam Newman on stage at a WeWork conference. <laughs> I just uh, yeah. The word create. I like. But, but uh, <laughs> it's just devoid of all the. What is, what what is one called? Podcast. Podcasts? What what would you, I'm just curious with the semantics. Like what is the what's the more palatable jargon? descriptors of this what space. to what you do oh yeah to, we, to we have this, a podcast or we create uh we do interviews we have a podcast we i i understand why <laughs> content is a is a content uh, producers well, the word the word the issue he's taking he's taking issue with the word content do you know what uh, i don't like about the word content it is it evokes specific. commerce mm-hmm. which yeah. is not why most people get into the arts yeah, I don't think it's I don't think it's art. But show business is, is a show and a business. And totally. if you don't know the business, then no one's gonna <laughs> see the show. hundred percent Larry the Cable But it's guy. when the artists start using words like content. Let the people on the executive side uh-huh. this is just a pet peeve of I mine. Know, I know, I know. But, yeah. uh, but somebody everyone but there is a pet peeve of like, ew, business. Like well, actually one of the craziest things art is pure, business is business. Okay? No, not at all. The business side of all this stuff is fascinating. But the commerce you don't like. But like I remember after we uh had Martin Short on the show. We were in the green room and he is 
known as one of the greatest talk show guests uh-huh. ever. And I mean, not to pump him up too much, but like, if you say who, who are some of the best late night guests, it's always Martin Short. He comes out and like Don Rickles, he'll make fun of the host mm-hmm. and he'll talk about the band and he'll have jokes about something really topical. Right. And then he'll, he's just a great- Jiminy Glick is the best, is the best yeah. host. Oh, yeah, he's yeah. great, great. Tell me something. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It seems like you're being a bit of a bloke. That's <laughs> perfect. Yeah. Help me. You started with Charlie Rhodes. <laughs> That's a- he had a great line on Conan. He went, he went, Conan, I, uh, you just invited me over to your house. And I wasn't, I wasn't surprised at how large it was. It was how large it was relative to your talent. <laughs> right. <laughs> that was Jimmy Glick? No, Lady- no, that was Martin Short. Oh, oh, oh. But he's- I think Ladies and gentlemen, funny. from the 90s, Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> Let me ask well, you a question. Mel Brooks, his line to Mel Brooks. He's like, what? so what's your big beef with the Nazis? <laughs> <laughs> but he that was went, as Jim- uh, uh, He's 80 years old. And right? apparently he went to Steve Martin's house the first time he met him. And Steve Martin's got some massive house with <laughs> all these works of art. And... <laughs> Martin Short goes, how are you this successful? Because I've seen your movies. <laughs> like that, like, Can you believe he's 80 years old? It's crazy. He's one of the Is coolest, he really? best. He's 80 years old. Uh, anyway, but he comes to the show and afterwards he's like, it's, we were talking about something. And he goes, why do we do this, Neil? This whole thing, this late night. Why, why do, do we, we do, do this, Why do Neil? we do it? And I was like, it was like when a professor asks you a question and you're yeah. sort of frozen. Like, I have some ideas, but mm-hmm. I don't want right. to make a fool of myself. And he's like, we do it because it's art. And I always thought, an amazing thing to say, and if I ever wrote a book about late night, it would probably be like, we do it because it's art. And so when people talk about, it's really good content, it's just like, uh, I understand. But I use that word all the time. Anyway. Because it's art with Neil Goldman. I, Why I do we think do it? By and the that's way, the best Vic, guest, see, and the difference between a podcast and like a late night interview, I think of a late night segment as a work of art. Mm-hmm. It is this specific art form mm-hmm. that what you do on a podcast mm-hmm. wouldn't work for... <laughs> A late night interview, but yeah. ideally at its best, you get something funny, you get something. Yeah. Like people, you know, what would be like a, it's a great medium. segment? Nathan Lane comes on the show, great performance. He does something funny and then he does something right. moving and it's a little of both. He came on for Angels in America and it was around the same time of, uh, I guess, not too long before the Lion King live action movie was on. And so he reads this letter that he got from Billy Eichner, who was taking over the role of Timon in the live action wrote mm. him this email saying like, it means so much to me, like following in your footsteps or whatever. And Nathan Lane, like I'm picking up the role of Timon, which you did in the animated movie. I'm so honored. I hope not to let you down, mm. whatever. And Nathan Lane reads this letter and he's like, how dare you? What's next? You and Ryan Gosling in the birdcage? Like <laughs> I'd name another one of my successful films, but I don't have one. <laughs> Way to rub it in, Billy. He's just like, thanks. You know, he's like, but I'm glad gay rights have come this far because now Pumbaa and Timon can go live a happy gay life in the Serengeti. Once you go Warthog, you never go back. He said this on the show? On the show, and so the audience is loving it. He's a pro. And then he gets into the really serious stuff about like what is Angels in America about? And he talks about the necessity and inevitability of change and how you could either fight change like some politicians are trying to do or you could try to embrace change, change for the better and difficult as it is, try to do that. And so to have both of those in the same late night hit, it's like- that's great. It's so rich. It's in a 12, 15 minute thing. So, so. maybe what you do is classical music and Rogan is punk, you Possibly, know? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, a real composed piece. I forgot how we, how did we get here? Forget uh, how, uh, this, content. This, We're talking oh, about content, content versus yeah, art. Yeah. And because it's art, the name of your podcast, which I can't wait for. This is going to be great the first content. episode of it. You just interviewed us in this We segment. do it. This is your well, first could, episode. First of all, it's obviously. <laughs> 
what I do, but I am gen- genuinely curious. I said, I would be remiss if I came here and did not ask Ami, what is this guy Gary V all about? <laughs> you learned who Tim Dillon was, Gary V, yeah, and I got a lot of good, Andrew Schultz. I got a lot of good tips. I got to spend a lot more time I can't on wait, Neil. I'm very tips. excited. All you need is one of these. It's like 250 bucks. Yeah. I actually have one of these, an MV7. An MV7? Yeah. It's USB. Plug right in. How are my levels? How are my levels? Plug <laughs> uh, it in with a little iPhone and say your first 20 minutes. Hot takes, because it's art with Neil Goldman. I can't wait for it to totally bomb. <laughs> <laughs> this was good content. Oh.